churches and invite them here. Matthew chapter 21, how many are there? Let's start with verse 1. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from palm trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for your goodness to us. We thank you today, Lord, for already your presence in this room. We thank you now for your word, which is alive and active and able to change our lives and bring about a turnaround in our lives. We ask now that you speak to us today, God. We ask now that all hearts would be open. We ask that you take full captive our attention. And we give you thanks and praise. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. I want you to, no, 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 no. I, I just need the lights up on me right now, for, for right now, on this branch, really. Hallelujah. Can you imagine with me this day? of celebration. They're running to the trees. They're so excited, their arms just aren't, aren't long enough. They've got to do something. So they, they run and they cut down branches from the trees just so they can, they can draw the attention to this one. They're so excited, they, they have to then take off their outer cloak, their outer coat, and, and Put that on the ground because it wouldn't be right for him to walk on the dirt. Imagine this scene with me. Watch this video.
Hosanna! Hosanna! Yes, yes. I, I want to take you back to this day. Hosanna. Did you see the faces? Did you, did you hear the exuberance? Could you feel the excitement of the people? Men were there. Women were there. Children and teenagers were there. My question to you today, why? Why were they so excited? What'd you say? Okay, wonderful, Jose. He said, because Jesus was there. I hoped that you would say that. I hoped that someone would say that. It is the obvious and it is the reason. Now remember, however, we have the entirety of the book. They didn't have the entirety of the book. All they had was the Old Testament. We have read the entirety of the book. We know the end. We know what Jesus represented that day, but they did not necessarily. So yes, it's because Jesus was there, but I want us to dig just a little bit deeper. So what? What did that mean? They had heard about one who would be coming. They had been taught in the synagogues there was one coming. Could this be the one? Maybe. What did Jesus represent I'll tell you what he represented it's summed up in one word hope hope I believe the reason for the celebration that day the reason for the the shouts in the street the waving of the palm branches the laying of the the clothes the garments, one word, it's hope. Hope that maybe this actually could be the one that we've heard about for all of these years. The one that we read about. You see, they knew well the scripture. They had heard and read for themselves what the prophet Isaiah said. Look at this in chapter 9. Verses 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. 
upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. They knew well the Scripture. They knew of one who was coming, a ruler, a king, one who would lead in government. Now, they didn't understand all that God had planned. And let me just interject this. How many times do we get it wrong today? We think we know what God meant, but maybe He means something else altogether. They thought it was going to be an earthly ruler, an earthly king, one who would lead in government on earth. They were excited. Hope had come that day. The promised one was there. The prophesied one had arrived. The crowd celebrated Jesus because Jesus brought hope. Hope for every man. Hope for every woman. Hope for every child. Hope for all the ages. There was hope for the young that day. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Hope for the young. I am so thrilled with our young people here. I really am. I'm proud of our young people. Our kids and our teenagers, I think they are some of the finest followers of Christ that you will find. They have their share of struggles and temptations, but I like how they work through them. They work through them through the Word of God and with counseling from pastors and, and uh, adults. Kudos to our young people today. You see, many have no time for the young. They're just children, after all. They're just teenagers, after all. And everybody knows teenagers already think they know everything, some might say. No time for the young. But I want you to know something today. Kids, let me have your attention. Students, let me have your attention. Jesus cared for the young. Jesus had hope in the young. I want you to look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 19. Look at verse number 13, starting there. Then little children were brought to Jesus that he might put his hands on them and pray over them. But the disciples rebuked them. We're not so different from the disciples way back when, are we? The disciples rebuked them and said, Get out of here, kids. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Jesus had time for the young. Jesus cared for the young. Look at this. Jesus used the young people. John chapter 6, and verse, starting with verse number 5, Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude coming toward him. So he said to Philip, one of the disciples, he said, where shall we buy bread so that we could feed everybody and everybody could eat? 
Philip, picking his jaw up off the ground, said, I just threw that in because I saw him do that. Where shall we buy bread that all these people could eat? But this Jesus said to Philip to test him. For he already knew what he was going to do. Aren't you glad Jesus already knows what he's going to do with what you have? Jesus already has a plan. He just wants to test us every now and then. Philip answered in him, 200 denarii worth of bread. That's more than a year's wage, folks. Even if we had enough money from a whole year's wage, he was saying, it would not be enough. It would not be sufficient for them that every one of them could have just a little bit of bread. One of the disciples, Andrew, which was Simon Peter's brother, he said to him, there is a lad here. There is a young boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. They say, scholars say, that they only counted the men. So imagine with me if every man was married, do the math, how many are we up to? We got 10,000 right there. What if everybody just had two children? We got 20,000 20, right there, see? But many of the people had multiple children, five or more. Let's just be conservative and say there was a crowd of possibly 20,000 people that day. Wow. They counted the men, and they numbered about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks and blessed it, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. And it goes on to say that after everybody had eaten their fill of fish and bread, they collected the fragments that remained. They, they gathered up the leftovers. And anybody know how many leftovers they had? Let me test your Sunday school lesson. How many? Twelve baskets full. And how did it all start? It started with a young person who was willing to give God what he had. Don't dismiss the children as just children. You see, children grow up to be adults one day and they can turn a world upside down. God has always had a plan for the young. David was just a boy tending sheep in the field for his father when the Lord chose him and anointed him as king, even though his own family didn't see it or believe in it. Samuel was just a child when he heard the voice of God calling him in the darkness of the night. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just teenage boys when they took a stand for what they believed was right and they saw the hand of God deliver them out of the fiery furnace. There was hope for the young that day, and there's hope for the young today. I want every young person in this room, if you're 29 years old or younger, I want you to come and stand around this front right now as quickly as you can. Come. Every person 29 years old and under. That's all of our 20s, all of our teens, and that's all of our children. Come quietly. Come quickly and just stand across this front. Pastor Beck, are you here? Pastor Dave, I want you to come. Now, young people, 
I want you to turn and face this congregation just for a moment. Church, I want you to see something. I want you to see with spirit eyes right now. Right? It's kind of like putting on 3D glasses in the movie theater nowadays. I want you to put on spiritual glasses. I want you to see something here. See potential to change schools. See potential here to change, change families. Hey! Look at this! Look at this! I want you to see hope! There is hope for this generation! We believe in you and we believe that there is hope for you if you will just hope in Jesus. He brought hope to the families that day and he brought hope to the young. Pastor Dave, I want you to pray over our young people. Folks, would you just stretch your hands forth toward these young people today? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for these young people. We thank you for 29 and down. We thank you for the abilities and the talents that you put into every person that's yes, standing Lord, here today, Yes, God. Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Father, we thank you for the hope that they have in their future. We thank you for the light that they are in their school, the light that they are in their workplace, oh God. And I pray, Father, that they would take that beyond what they've ever known and that they would bring glory Hallelujah. to you yes, because God. of the hope that you have done in them, I pray that you would stir them up, God. May they not be satisfied yes, with Jesus. where they're at, but may they desire more of you, God. Lord, I pray that they would not fall into the statistics, oh God, but they would rise above them, oh God, to be your king, to be your children, oh God. Father, I pray for the hope in them, God, that they would take it to their world, Lord, and show them your love. Show the world your love through their actions, through their words, God. I pray an anointing over this group right now, Father. May they go and may they share your love and the hope that you put in them. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, everybody, say amen. Let the young people know that we have hope in them. Thank you, guys. The cause for celebration on that day was hope. There was hope for the young. But let's face it, we're not all young anymore, are we? Let me tell you something else. There wasn't just hope for the young. There was hope for the middle-aged. Woo! Yeah. And I'm really happy about that. I'm thankful today that Jesus brings hope for the middle-aged man, the middle-aged woman. See, many in the prime of life don't see the need for God. They're stronger than they'll ever be right there. They're more productive right there. They're not as productive as when they're young, and, and when you get older, you're not as productive. It's that prime season of life, 30s, 40s, 50s, right there. They're strong, they're sharp, they're productive. They work for what they get. My dad's oldest brother, Uncle Dale, brought up in a small rural area in the central part of Indiana. Linton made Terre Haute look like the big city. In fact, if they were ever going to go to the city, they went to Terre Haute. 
And Terre Haute, let me just tell you, do I need to even go beyond saying the name Terre Haute to, to really let you understand what this city's like? That's my home, and I love it. But if allowed, I'd just be a country hick because it's just in my roots. It's in my blood. And nothing wrong with that. I, am, I say it with all, all the pride that I could have, godly pride that I could have, you know, my heritage. But my Uncle Dale brought, brought up in a really backwoods area, Linton, Indiana. Didn't go to college, didn't have any formal training, but had a work ethic in him and a determination that he was going to rise to the top no matter what. And did he ever? Did he ever? He had a fleet of semi-trucks that would haul gravel and coal and, and, and things from the quarries. A lot, of, a lot of quarry activity in the central part of Indiana. Coal mines and, and, and this kind of thing. So he was busy all the time hauling the coal and the gravel and the, the different kinds of rocks all over. Limestone. All over the nation. And he was a successful multimillionaire in, in Linton, Indiana. Everybody knew who Dale Bland was. And my dad, from time to time, would go to my Uncle Dale and he would try to witness, try to share Christ, try to share the gospel. My uncle, at all times, had a $1,000 wad of cash in his pocket. That was just to buy sodas for his grandkids. That was just for anything he would need. That wasn't the real money. That was just, honestly, pocket change for him. Just always had a $1,000 wad in his pocket at all times. And I remember my dad telling me on one day, he said, I tried to share the Lord with, with your Uncle Dale again. And he looked at me and he said, Don, I, I'll buy whatever I need. I have so much money now and I'm so successful that whatever I need, I buy it. And he pulled out his wad of cash. He wasn't, he wasn't flaunting this. He really wasn't. That, that was never his, his character. He was simply stating how he felt. Anything I need, I'll just buy it. I really don't need religion. He thought it was religion, see. Didn't understand it was a relationship. He was in the prime of his life. Strong, active, productive. But one day my dad went fishing with his pastor. My uncle owned a, a multitude of lakes. It was just lake after lake, little, little lakes that fed into each other. And it was just this great, great area of fishing. My dad was going to go fishing one day. Did he ever catch something? He said, Steve, I just was going to share with him as I have many, many times over the years. Dad always carried a New Testament Gideon Bible in his, on his person. He just always had it, which had the plan of salvation there in the back. He said, I just went to share with him one more time, thinking he's going to shut me down, but he did not shut me down this day. He told me later, he said, he was so ready, it just almost threw me off. I didn't hardly know what to do next because I was so ready for the door to slam in my face. It did not slam in my face. And so I had to go through it. I had to say something else. And Dad led his oldest brother to the Lord that day. 
There was hope for my Uncle Dale, even though he was a self-made multimillionaire who thought he had everything. He actually had nothing without Christ. You can have all the fame and fortune in the world that the world will offer you, but without Jesus, you have nothing. My dad went on with the pastor there to tell Dale what to do next. You need to get a Bible, they said. I think they ended up giving him the Bible they had on them. You need to go to church and get involved in a church that, that believes in the Word of God and preaches the Word of God and will teach you. And you need to be baptized. And he said, well, hold on there on that point. You said need to be baptized. What do I need to be baptized? They said, well, you need to be saved. You need to have some water and you need a preacher. He said, well, I'm saved. There's your pastor, and there's the lake back behind us. Let's go check that one off the list. And I'm telling you, they went right with the clothes they had, and they got in the dirty lake there, and they began to baptize Dale. Hallelujah! Because there was hope for the prime time. There was hope for the middle-aged. Jesus offered hope when he called to some fishermen, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus offered hope to a tax collector when he looked up in the tree and said to Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree for today, I'm coming to your house. Jesus offered hope to a prostitute when he said to her, neither do I accuse you, go and sin no more. The reason for celebration was hope, hope for the young, hope for the middle-aged. I would like to call all those who are in their 30s and 40s and 50s to come around this front area as quickly as you can. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Hey, come on, prime timers. You're in the prime of your life. You're stronger now than you ever will be. You are more productive right now than you ever will be. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, 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 we got a lot of middle-agers here. Isn't this awesome? This is awesome. Jerry Shark, I want you to come, my friend. And I want you to take this microphone. And I'm going to ask you to pray over the prime time group. Those in the middle age area of life, folks, I want to have your attention before Jerry prays. Mm. It's not enough that we are successful on earth. It's not enough that we have the applause of men. We must live our lives for Christ. That's what it's all about. That day, as the people were waving palm branches, they were celebrating hope. And there's hope for you 
in the prime of your life, when you're as strong as you ever will be, more productive now than you ever will be, make sure that Christ is always first and foremost. I want you to lift your hands, prime timers. Come on, middle age, lift your hands right now. There's anointing that's going to settle on you right now. Father, we thank you for our brothers and sisters who are in the prime of their life, the greatest time of their life, of opportunity. And we pray, God, in spite of the trials Hallelujah. the needs and cares they face every day, that they will stay focused on you. They will stay focused on the eternal, God, that they will never fail in their hope of knowing no matter what happens in their life, you are worthy of their trust. You are worthy of their trust in their job. You are worthy of their trust in the adversary that faces them. You are worthy of their trust Hallelujah. in the raising of their children. You are worthy of your their trust in their relationships. God, they will never give up. They will never, never give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give it up for those in the middle age of life. Hallelujah! There's hope for you. Jesus offers you hope today. Hope for the young. Hope for the middle-aged. And yes, hope for the not as young as I used to be. Well, I actually put several things right there and none of them felt right, so I ended up with not as young as I used to be. How many know what I'm talking about? Dodie, you know what I'm talking about? You're not old. You're better now than you've ever been. Oh, don't get me started now. You're better now than you ever have been. You may not have the energy of youth, but you have the wisdom. And your, your head is a crown reflecting that, lady. You're just not as young as you used to be. That's all. That's all. It's no fun getting older, is it? Can we just talk for a little bit? It's no fun getting older. Gail teased me for years. Pastor, you better get glasses because I'd pull back on my, on, my, on my agenda or on my Bible or whatever I was reading. I had to pull it back, but I was so prideful thinking I don't need glasses. Too stubborn, I guess. I don't know. Too vain. I don't know. All of it, maybe. And I finally just reluctantly Karen said, we're going to the, the, the eye doctor, the whole family. And so I went. He checked out my eyes. He said, well, you need glasses. And he put the lens, and I'm telling you, it was like you could hear the harp. And all the, it was, it was like when Dorothy stepped from black and white into color. Oh, hallelujah. I can see again. Why did I fight that? Everything became vivid for me again. I could see the distance. I could see up close. Hallelujah. Why in the world did I fight that? Thank you, Jesus, for eyeglasses. You know what? It, it's no fun getting older. 
an elderly man was telling his neighbor, I just bought a new hearing aid. It cost me $4,000, but it's state-of-the-art and it's perfect. Really? answered the neighbor. What kind is it? 1230, he said. <laughs> there were two elderly gentlemen from a retirement center and they were sitting on a bench under a tree when one turned to the other and he said, Slim, I'm 83 years old now and I'm just full of aches and pains. I know you're about my age. How do you feel? Slim said, I feel just like a newborn baby. Really? Like a newborn baby? Yep. No hair, no teeth, and I think I just wet my pants. It's no fun getting old. There were three older gentlemen. They were, they were out walking. The first one says, windy, isn't it? Second one said, no, it's Thursday. The third one said, so am I, let's go get a soda. <laughs> it's no fun getting older. Reporters were interviewing a 104-year-old woman. True story. And the reporter says, what do you think is the best thing about being 104? And she replied back to the reporter as quickly as she could, no peer pressure. <laughs> Bessie said to Edna, my memory is not as sharp as it used to be. Also, my memory is not as sharp as it used to be. When my, grandma, my grandmother is Bessie, by the way, Bessie Fay, she's one of nine children, but she had a, a poem that she wrote and that all rhymed. I, I wish I could remember it today, but she was as sharp as a tack until one day everything changed for her and there was a dimness that came. She was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. She landed in a nursing home because my Aunt Norma just didn't have the facility to care for. She had the heart to care for and the love to care for, but she didn't have the ability really. And so after some bit of, of remorse and, and struggle, she landed in a nursing home, a wonderful nursing facility actually. And I thank God for, for good nursing homes that are able to help us in this transition of life. But wouldn't you know her older sister, Edna, also was in the nursing home with her. And they were, they were roommates, in fact, in the nursing home. So we would go to visit Grandma, Grandma Bessie and Aunt Edna. She didn't know who I was, but it didn't matter. She had visitors. And we'd begin to talk to her, and we always wanted to hear about them growing up because that part of their memory seemed to be sharper. So they would start talking about their growing up, and I remember this one time, Grandma started telling a story about Busy. That was their dog. Dog's name was Busy. And she'd say, 
Edna, you remember, we'd, we'd be walking to school and Busy would follow us and we'd say, now go home, Busy. And, and they got to laughing and laughing and, and they'd walk all the way to school and Busy would be following them and, and they'd say, now go home, Busy. And Grandma would just finish this story about Busy following them to school and Edna would say, you know what, Faye, that reminds me of the little dog we had named Busy that would follow us to school. And then Edna would tell the story of Busy following them all the way to school and then laugh and Grandma would say, that reminds me of Busy. I kid you not. I wish we would have recorded it. They went around about five cycles of Busy following them to school. Let me have your attention. To those who are not as young as you used to be. Just because you're older does not mean that God is finished with you. Oh, come on now. Just because you're not as young as you used to be does not mean it's time to click it into coast. It's not time for cruise control. God has a plan for you, and there is all kinds of hope for you in the twilight season of life. Hallelujah. There was hope for Nicodemus to be born again, even though he was old and didn't quite understand what Jesus was talking about. He said, how can I, now that I'm old, be born again? But there was hope for this older man to be born again. It reminds me, of one of our own family who in the twilight years of his life at a funeral found the Lord Jesus. And because of that, we have Uncle Bill Wallace with us today. Hallelujah. He came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in the twilight years of his life. Hallelujah. There's still hope, isn't there, Uncle Bill? There's still hope. You're a testimony to us today. Don't give up on that one. There was hope for Caleb to inherit the land God had promised him even though he was 85 years old. Look at Joshua chapter 14. I'll start with verse number 7. Caleb was speaking here and he said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea. That's a mouthful right there to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Now remember, he brought back the good word, saying, we can take this land. Only the 12 spies went out, only two spies came back and said, we are well able with God on our side to take this land, and Caleb was one of them. He was 40 years old when that happened. I brought back the word as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made, uh, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's inheritance forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, and he said these 45 years later, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses. 
while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, and as yet I am as strong this day, <laughs> I'm a, yet as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Can you imagine this 85-year-old man saying, let me go to war? Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you have heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. I like that. Here's an 85-year-old man saying, let's take this mountain. I'm ready to go to war. I'm not ready to slow down. I'm not ready to give up. I'm not ready to coast. Woo! To our seniors, seasoned adults, we're looking to you, folks. We need you. Desperately. We need you. Beyond what maybe you understand or comprehend, you have a lifetime of experience that we could actually tap into. We could learn from you. The reason for the celebration that day was hope. And I want to invite all those who are 60 plus would you please come and let us pray for you? Oh, come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. We look to you. We need you. We need your advice. We need your input. You are valuable to us. You have a wealth of knowledge in you. You are a treasure trove of wisdom, folks. I want you to hear me today. You're a treasure trove of wisdom. We value you. We honor you today. I believe we need to honor. We honor you. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking for Pastor Jack. Pastor Jack? Thank you for leading the way, folks. We thank you for leading the way. Come here, Pastor Jack. I want you to pray over the seniors, over the seasoned. <clears throat> and I don't want anybody to be offended by terminology. That's why I wrestled with this. We just love you. You happen to be at a different uh, stage of life, right? And we need so desperately your input. 
So I just, you're just not as young as you used to be. That's all. That's all. Ooh, I like that. She said, and we don't have to work anymore. <laughs> Retired. And Sandy, let me just say, you may be retired from work, but you're not retired, folks, from the spiritual work and the ministry. You can be more effective right where you are in this stage of your life than you ever have been. I want you folks... Yeah, retirement's not in the Bible, by the way. Come on and lift up your hands and let a new anointing come on you today. Everybody stretch forth your hands to this great generation of believers right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the travel that we have made as seniors, Heavenly Father. You have guided our steps, our heart, our mind, and our spirit. And God, we have not fallen to the side, but we have risen, God, to heights that others may one day be. But Father, we pray that we will be the living, walking, Hallelujah. Glory the heart of the young, Lord, that look at us, Father, that they won't look at us as old, but God, they'll look at us as wisdom, Heavenly Father, as knowledge, as a gift, as love and compassion. Reach into each life here this day, Father. Each one of us, God, I'm 71, God, and mm. I feel, Lord, young in my spirit right now, God, because the energy that I have is in Christ Jesus, and I know the rest that are here, God, feel the same way, Father. Touch us, guide us and direct us and we give you praise God that we have run this race thus far but we plan to go farther in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Come on and let's let let's let our our senior believers know how much we love them and how much we're looking to them. Hope. Ladies and gentlemen, the cause for celebration on that day was hope. They were celebrating Jesus, yes, but they were celebrating Jesus because Jesus brought hope. He brought hope to the young that day. He brings hope to the young this day. He brought hope to the middle-aged on that day, and He brings hope to the middle-aged on this day. He brought hope to those who were not as young as they used to be on that day, and He brings hope to the not as young as they used to be on this day. And there's just one more area. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. Each person. So many are without hope in the world we live today. Mm. How many would say, I work with people who they're just without hope? You work with them. How many have family members that are without hope right now? Anybody live in a neighborhood that you know there's some neighbors that just don't have any hope? Yeah. A lot of people without hope. But we, I've already taken this survey earlier, how many believers, a lot of hands, followers of Christ, we found hope. Hope for a better life. Hope for life that doesn't end. Not just a better life while we're here on earth. Folks, our life on earth is just like that. It's just an instant in time. It's here and it's gone. We have hope beyond our life right here. We have hope that does not end. It's called everlasting life. But 
There's only one way to actually enjoy that hope. You have to embrace the one who offers the hope. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Oh, you want to say it with me? Come on, let's just all together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting Mm. So good. So good. And there it is really summed up in one verse. That's the hope for you. It's accepting God's great gift of love by accepting His Son, Jesus Christ. I want you to bow your heads all over this room today. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He brought hope that day. If you're here today and you're ready to accept this gift that's offered to you, and you're ready for hope in your life, you need hope in your life, and you'd say, Pastor, I'm ready to accept God's gift of his son, Jesus. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Heads are bowed. Lift your hand right now and let me pray for you today. You've never accepted this gift of of grace and love. Boys and girls, I know you're in here with mom and dad. Have you accepted this? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Today, he offers hope to you. Students, teenagers, how about you? Have you accepted this gift of eternal life? Have you accepted Jesus? If not, lift your hand right now and I'm going to pray for you. Middle-ager. <laughs> Senior adult. Is your heart right? Have you accepted Christ? Come on and lift your hand. I see some, I see some hands. Yes, yes. Lift your hand. Let me pray for you right now, today. If you've lifted your hand and you would like to accept Jesus into your heart, I want you to come and stand. This is going to be the last prayer we we pray today. And it will be for salvation for hopeless. Those who are hopeless. I want you to come right now if you've lifted your hand. If you're a child, you can just... uh, Talk to your parent or your guardian there and tell them, I want to go forward and pray this prayer. And mom or the guardian will bring you up. Grandma or grandpa will bring you up. Come on. If you've lifted your hand, you're ready to accept Christ into your life. I want you to come right now. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. What a good day. What a good day. Come on, anybody else? So proud of these kids, letting Jesus come into their hearts. Hallelujah. Students, how old are you? 29. Boy, you look young. It's wonderful. You ought to thank God for that. 
I was going to put you in the teen bracket. You just lost 10 years off your life with me. What's your name? I'm Stephanie. Stephanie. Greatest decision you'll ever make in your life, really, was to follow Christ and accept this gift. Yeah. Faith is, I've seen a radical turn. See, it's all about turnaround, folks. It's all about turning our lives around. We have children, we have adults, we have uh, almost a teen still. It looks like a teen, you know. <laughs> I love it. So great. So just lift up your hands, everybody. Come on. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, come on, pray it out loud. Dear God, I need you. I believe you're real. And I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, come into my heart and come into my life. Forgive me of all of my wrong. Forgive me of all of my sin. I confess you as Lord and Savior. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and let's celebrate new life today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you. He brings hope. He brings hope. Hope for the boys and girls and teenagers and every adult. That's why they celebrated. There was hope that day, and there's hope this day. Come on, everybody, stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Mm, you're so sweet. Who's that? Grandma. Would you just help me before we leave today? Come on, with the hand uplifted, I just want us to give thanks today. Oh, we thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your love for us. How great and how vast. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we celebrate you just as they did those many years ago. Thank you for coming, willingly coming. And thank you that as you came, you brought hope to the world. You brought hope to every age. And you bring hope to us today. Now help us to do our part in sharing the hope with those in our world. Sharing the hope with those we work with. Sharing the hope with our family. We give you all praise and all glory and all honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. Go get your lunch. Get your shorts or your jeans on. Bring a baseball or a softball. Bring your mitt and your bat. Let's go have fun together. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.